Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Daydream and Listen podcast. My name is Krista and I'm your host. I hope that everyone is doing great and that you're all having a phenomenal day so far. I'm doing pretty good myself, I have to say. I just finished cleaning and organizing my room and balancing my checkbook, so you could say I've been very adult-ish today, um, feeling pretty productive on this Saturday. And I'm really excited to get into this week's episode topic because this is actually a topic that I had planned for a few weeks now, and now there's been some news in the fashion industry that I feel like just makes the timing of this episode even more perfect. So today I'm going to be talking about the importance of having integrity as an artist and a designer. Basically, stop stealing other designers or artists' work for fashion is what I'm trying to say. So for decades, there have been several cases of what you could call design thievery, brands filing infringement lawsuits against other brands, And now I feel like with the added component of the internet and social media, it's even easier for artists and designers to get their work stolen or copied and, you know, just not get any credit for it. So new reports of this type of thievery are constantly being reported on accounts like Diet Prada and websites like The Fashion Law. If you guys haven't checked out either of these and you're interested in this type of topic, I definitely encourage you to because I feel like they're pretty reputable sources and they um, constantly update um, with new information about this type of stuff. And I feel like as the fashion industry continues to become more and more competitive and there's even more pressure to produce new designs at quicker rates, the integrity of a lot of brands and designers becomes compromised. And I feel like it leads to designs being copied. There's a lot of discussion on this matter because it's one that's really complex and unfortunately, it's still very prevalent. So I'm going to be talking about a variety of components of what it actually means to quote, copy, and quote, not copy someone's designs. And as an artist slash designer myself, I feel pretty passionate about this topic because it's saddening for me to see big companies or influential people get to profit off of the work of the designers and independent artists without giving them any credit or, you know, paying them properly, um, just treating them fairly. Um, Let's just call it what it is. So before I get into this very important discussion, let's first discuss the highs and the lows of this past week in my life. Alright, so beginning with my highs of the week, um, my first high of the week is probably a little discovery that I had. So this past week, I was talking to my sister, um, I was mentioning to her these charms, these phone charms that I rediscovered. Basically, when I was growing up, um, my sister and I found these phone charms that you would get like a vending machine at grocery stores and they were Winnie the Pooh inside of like little silicone or like little rubber objects. So it would be this little tiny plastic figure of Winnie the Pooh 
but he would be wearing like a little bee costume or maybe he would be wearing like elephant ears or something like that. And then attached to it was like the string and you would loop it through your phone and it would be a cute little phone charm. Now at the time when we found those uh, vending machine toys, we were so young, like neither of us had cell phones, but I just thought it was the cutest thing ever because like I was obsessed with Disney and all that kind of stuff when I was younger. So yeah, anyways, I rediscovered them and saw that they were on eBay for a few dollars and you know, phone charms are like pretty trendy. I'm sure people are like over the trend right now, but I was like, oh my gosh, I really want one of these because I still think they're so adorable and it just reminds me of my childhood. So I was mentioning them to my sister and she was like, I think I have one in my drawer. Now my sister, I think I've mentioned this before, she keeps the most most random things from our childhood. She is not a hoarder at all, but she just keeps like random little things from specific moments from our childhood. So she happened to have one of these little Winnie the Pooh phone charms and she gave it to me before she left for college and it is just, it was the sweetest surprise. I told her I would pay for her or pay for it because um, the ones on eBay were kind of expensive and I was already willing to buy one of them. So she gave it to me. It is Winnie the Pooh and he's sitting in like this little fruit basket. It is, it's so precious. It's probably really silly to a lot of people, but I um, am just reminded of my childhood. I get to live out my childhood now that I have a phone and can actually use this thing. So super cute. Um, and then my other high is that this past week I was messing around with After Effects and I was so proud of myself. I was learning all these new skills, teaching myself these new things and yeah, I don't know. It was just like a major high for me because sometimes learning new skills on like the Adobe Suite or like any other software that I use for work or like for other creative things, it can be a little intimidating just because I, I don't know, I guess I still have this preconceived notion about myself that like I'm not tech savvy or I can't teach myself or learn through tutorials these new um technology skills I guess you could say and I was so proud of myself that I persevered and I learned some new skills so that was a major win for the week and then my last high this actually happened yesterday I want to say yeah yesterday um I <laughs> had a major uh exercise victory I ran in my neighborhood for the first time now that might sound absolutely stupid to a lot of people but I've I know for sure I have complained on this podcast about my neighborhood and the way that it's set up Um, There are insane hills in my neighborhood, like my driveway is basically a mountain and getting into my neighborhood, you have to drive down a very, very steep hill. And so it's not the most ideal place to go for a a run, even just walking around, like you will be out of breath when you walk up the hill. So I normally, whenever I go walking around my neighborhood, I walk throughout the cul-de-sacs that we have and then I cross the cross the street and go into another neighborhood and there it's much more flat. So I challenged myself, I went for a walk and then on my way home I was like, you know what, I'm gonna run. And I was listening to Doja Cat's uh, Woman song, I love that song so much, and 
I was like, you know what? I feel like I should just run right now. And I did. And I ran all the way home. Um, I felt very proud of myself. I was also slightly self-conscious because there were cars every now and again driving past me. And I don't know, I just have a fear of like someone seeing me that knows me and they're like, oh my god, why is this girl running? Or like her form is terrible or whatever. I am just much more comfortable running inside um, my house where no one will see me or like my parents will just see me. But anyway, so I was coming home and I was like, do I run down this hill to get into my neighborhood? Because it is so steep. And I don't know if you guys have seen those TikToks where people make fun of <laughs> the way that everyone walks whenever you're walking downhill. Like your hips are swinging and you like you look so sassy when you're walking down a steep hill. And I was like, I feel like I'm gonna look ridiculous, but I just had so much momentum, I kept going. And sure enough, there was a car that pulled into my neighborhood and it was like this high schooler kid. I didn't know who he was. He was definitely way younger than me. Probably knows one of my siblings. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to feel insecure about this. I'm just gonna keep running. And maybe I looked ridiculous running down this hill, but I'm very proud of myself. So that was a long story, all to say that I had a major victory and I would like to continue to run outside, especially now that we're kind of sort of transitioning into the fall seasons. So hopefully it gets a little bit cooler out. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to get running shoes because I've had the same athletic shoes for a ridiculous amount of years and I also should probably get better socks so that my toenails don't fall off and I don't have blisters. So yeah. Um, and then for my low of the week, I could really only think of one and that is that both of my sisters have left for college and you know, it's kind of sad. I shouldn't be super upset about this because it's happened for so many years where like we all go in our different directions but every time it happens it always just makes me sad because I like having them here or I like whenever we're like together at the house um but yeah they both went back to college this past week and now I'm an only child at my parents home until I decide to leave and my parents will fully be empty nesters. So I'm hoping that I get to leave soon um, and move into a place of my own. But yeah, it's just super weird being the only child right now. Kind of nice, but also I hate when it's super quiet, especially at night. Kind of freaks me out a little bit. But anyways, those were my highs and my lows of the week. Now let's get into this week's episode topic. I first want to preface that I am in no way a legal expert on this type of matter. I feel like there's a lot of legal jargon that goes into talking about like copyright infringement and trademarking and all that kind of stuff. And I've gone ahead and done some research about specific instances where designs have been copied and just, you know, the very nature of like, quote, design stealing because I don't want this discussion to get too clouded with my opinions about certain people or brands that do this sort of thing because like obviously I'm biased if there's like someone that I don't like and they do this type of stuff like I'm going to be more opinionated about it but I definitely want to 
make this episode a little bit more informative rather than just like me ranting about designs getting stolen from people. I'm sure you all have heard of the fast fashion titan Shein. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly because I've heard people call it like shine, but to me it looks like Shein. So I'm going to be calling it that anytime it's mentioned in this episode. So if that's not how you pronounce it, I'm sorry. So Shein is not foreign to scandal and controversy because their brand is constantly coming under fire for stealing designs and remaking them at lower prices on much lower quality garments and you know they've also put some really inappropriate products on their site before and they have poor working conditions you can easily look up that information it's not really a secret and they also partake in other unethical practices that contribute to negative environmental impact so not good um, when I personally think of designs being stolen, I think of Shein. That's just, that's just me. Because I feel like they're constantly being reported by Diet Prada and the fashion law. And there have been people or brands independently claiming that their designs have been stolen by Shein. It's terrible. Now, I remember back in the day, lol, back when I was in high school, I when I first discovered Shein, um, I want to say maybe it was around like 2016 maybe is when I first found the brand and I'm not trying to say like, oh, I was, you know, I was super trend setting or like, you know, I knew Shein before everyone else did, but I'm just saying like they really hadn't taken off yet. Like it wasn't until a couple of years later when they really, really got big. And I feel like at the time, a lot of people didn't have a lot of trust for the brand because, you know, they were skeptical of their really in- inexpensive prices. And just the fact that so um, there were so many clothes on their website, it wasn't like, you know, they didn't really have specific collections out. It was just kind of like, here's a ton of clothes and our website is constantly being updated. And I remember looking on their site and seeing direct copies of designers' clothing. And these copies were so blatant. And they were from designers like Stella McCartney, Gucci, Vontmont, Fendi, and so many more. And the prices for these clothes were ridiculously expensive. I mean like a fraction of the actual cost. And it also wasn't just big designers that Shein had copied. I remember seeing numerous, and still to this day, still see numerous smaller independent designers and artists have done the whole like side-by-side comparison of their designs and then what Shein has later produced on their website. And it's not just the fact that their clothes look similar. In a lot of these cases you know, you can debate that like, oh, great minds think of think alike, or it's so hard to like reinvent the wheel, or, you know, whatever excuse you want to give that like, it was just a coincidence that their designs look pretty similar. In a lot of these cases, Shein has done some really shady stuff and has reached out to the smaller designer or the artist and 
sort of made it seem like the brand wants to collaborate with the artist like do this whole like brand artist collaboration showing that like they care about the small independent people and they want to work with them and highlight them and all of this stuff and there was this one instance that I was just reading about where basically this girl um she was talking about how Shein had ripped off her clothes um, and basically stolen the designs. It wasn't just one piece. It was a couple different tops. And uh, a couple of months ago, or maybe it was like a year ago, they had reached out to her and said like, hey, we really like your designs. We'd love to work together like as a brand and as the designer. And feature you and spotlight you well this girl did not respond to them because she didn't want to do that she didn't give them her consent to go ahead and take her designs and recreate them basically steal them and so she and went ahead and did just that they um created their versions of her clothes and stole her designs and then you know once they were on the website this girl found out and yeah, it just, it looks so shady and so bad that they almost like admitted that they noticed her designs and they reached out to her. And despite the fact that she did not give them permission to take her work, they still went ahead and did it. So it's, it's ridiculous. And Shein has since become more credible, I guess you could say, or just more people have become desensitized to them doing this type of stuff, you know, despite the fact that it's pretty well known that the brand isn't super ethical. I personally have made the decision to not shop at Shein, not just because of the way that they treat their factory workers or how their fast fashion model, fast fashion model isn't environmentally ethical, but, you know, also because I don't want to support a company that continually blatantly copies others and look I get it their clothes are really inexpensive some people don't have the means to purchase clothes at other places and maybe you really like what they have on their site but you can't afford like the original version of it or something like that I totally understand I'm just saying like it's a personal decision to do that I don't judge people who shop at Shein I don't judge people who you know, that is their resource, that is their go-to to purchase clothes, or maybe you've purchased things from there in the past. No judgment whatsoever. I'm just saying it's a personal decision for me, and that is why I choose not to shop there. And I guess the reason why I bring up Shein first, because it's not just them who does this type of stuff. Shein recently announced that they are debuting their own design competition called the Shein X 100,000 challenge. It's basically going to be this four-part episode series showing 30 emerging designers and they're competing for the cash prize of $100,000. So the contestants designs will be sold on Shein and featured in their fall-winter 2021 virtual fashion show. So the more and more I thought about this, I don't know if I'm understanding this correctly, but the contestants' clothes will be sold on Shein's site regardless of whether or not they win the cash prize. I'm pretty sure like I'm reading that correctly, but you know, 
I just, I feel like it's so weird that, you know, let's say you are a contestant and you stick around for episodes one and two and then the judges vote you off or like you don't make it to the next round. Your clothes are still being sold on Shein's website. Are you getting compensated for that? Are you, like, I'm assuming you're going to get the credit because they're going to show that these are your designs on the show and the website, hopefully, but I don't know. I feel like you should get a cut of the profits um, if your clothes perform really well on the site. I don't know. They didn't mention that. All they mentioned was that the winner gets the $100,000 prize. And, and the cherry on top of this whole thing is that the competition will be judged by none other than Khloe Kardashian, La Roach, Christian Siriano, Jenna Lyons, and Laurel Pentine. Honestly, so disappointing. I mean, I'm not the biggest Khloe Kardashian fan, um... No offense to anyone who loves the Kardashians, lives for Chloe. She's not my favorite, but I'm really, really disappointed and very surprised, specifically at La Roach, Christian Siriano, and Jenna Lyons. I don't really know who Laurel Pentine, I'm hoping I'm saying her name correctly, I don't really know much about her, but those three, it's so disappointing that they are major, major players in the fashion industry. And, I mean, La Roche is probably one of the most well-known fashion stylists of our time right now and represents some of the biggest names of all, like, all of Hollywood people just in pop culture in general. And Christian Siriano was on Project Runway. He was on one of these design competition shows, and he has been wildly successful with his own label, and Jenna Lyons, she used to be the creative director of J. Crew, and now I'm not sure exactly what she does, but I know she is still involved in the fashion industry. These people are so reputable, and it's so disheartening that they would put their name and likeness to a company that is known for stealing other designs and also doing really unethical, inappropriate things. So, honestly, I'm super disappointed in that. Um, I have not seen really anything positive about this design competition show. I don't think it's come out yet, like the show itself has released yet. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I feel like out of any company that is going to do this, Shein should be the last person to do this just because it is so well known that they steal designers work and I get it this is probably a way for them to save face but it just it's not the way to go about it you know um and also Shein is a massive massive company I was reading the other day that they surpassed Amazon with the amount of app downloads like they are the biggest um shopping app on, I think, the iOS app store. And they are a billion-dollar company. $100,000 to them isn't really all that much. It's generous, and for an emerging designer, $100,000 is a ton of money. But still, it's just... Like, what about all the other people that you ripped off the designs from? Where's their money? Where's their compensation? Because you've definitely profited off of them and you've become this major company and it's all on the backs of these independent artists and 
creatively talented designers that you've stolen the work from, you know? It just, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, and, you know, I've talked about this on an episode before a few months ago, but, you know, it's not just Shein. I'm sorry, I'm hopping off the Shein complaining horse right now because it's not just them. There are so many other designers, whether they are um, super high-end or super low-end, who do this type of stuff. It is unfortunately become the very nature of the fashion industry. I mentioned this a few months ago on an episode how guests try to get away with copying Telfar's bag design with them putting a G the way that Telfar has their T with like the C around it and they got so much flack for that. Now luckily they took it down before I think they started selling any of the bags but it's just like how stupid do you think people are and why would you do that? Like also it's such laziness that you're like we're gonna blatantly copy this and we also expect that our consumers are not going to be smart enough to realize that this exact um bag shape material and a similar um embossing technique like they're never going to recognize that it's the same as Telfar like it's just so frustrating and also I'm not sure if you guys have seen this um it was a TikTok that went very viral uh, probably a couple of months ago, where Converse came under fire for copying the design ideas of a young designer. Her name is Cecilia Mange or Mange. Don't know if I'm saying it correctly. M O N G E. Um, it was her work that she submitted as a part of an internship application, and her idea was to have these national, um park themed converse shoes and she showed in the tiktok video her work versus what converse ended up coming out with now it sounded like she did not get the internship and they basically stole her design from this application assignment i think i've said it before i'm not a fan of these types of assignments because i know tons of people whose work gets stolen from doing these types of assignments now obviously you want you know from the employer's perspective you want to be able to see what these potential candidates can offer but in my opinion they should have a strong enough portfolio that you should be able to make a decision whether or not you want to hire them um, and i get it you want to see what they can do specifically for your brand but it is a major major shame that so many people's work gets copied and they don't get hired or they don't get compensated or credited in any way um and that brand then profits off of that person's free work that they submitted and while we're on the topic um of internship assignments I actually know someone who they were applying for some type of internship or a job for Levi's and she proposed to them a home line where it was kind of like denim inspired and she gave all of these visual examples of the way that their look, their like heritage of Levi's could be interpreted into the home line. And she ended up not getting the internship or the job, but months later, Levi's announced that they were doing a home line and she showed that the products that they came out with were eerily similar to what she had conceptualized and it is so 
crazy that, you know, I get the whole saying, like, great minds think alike, and I'm sure that girl's probably not the first one to come up with the home line for Levi's, and I'm sure maybe someone has thought of a national park idea for Converse, but it's kind of ridiculous that when the designs are very, very similar to each other. Like, you can't dispute how blatantly obvious um, they are from one another. Like, it's, it's so ridiculous. And, you know, I can't not talk about designs being stolen without mentioning the woman herself, even though I know I've said how um, I feel about this woman, but Miss Danielle Bernstein and her brand, We Were What, they have ripped off, or she has ripped off, so many designers' work before. Like, it's insane. And the way that she has tried to cover it up and make it look like she's trying to always, you know, um, think of new creative ideas and she would never ever ever think of ripping off a designer's work and it's just oh my gosh it is so so terrible um, what she has tried to get away with and I I guess it's a good thing that there is social media so that you know people can pull up the receipts they can pull up the dms they can show proof of their designs and the timestamp of everything, but it is just so annoying how um, people think that you can get away with that kind of stuff, and especially like someone like Danielle or bigger names like Guess and Converse um, and Levi's and like all of these other people, they are so reputable and they have so many resources and whatnot, and yet they still choose to do this. Now, I get it. There's always such a demand and there's a lot of pressure to pump out new designs and try to come up with something that's super new and innovative, um, but it's just really frustrating when people compromise um, their integrity in order to just put out new merchandise. So, I want to also look at things from, like, a legal perspective. Unfortunately, a lot of brands and influential people can just get away with this type of behavior because copyright doesn't really protect the kind of work that designers do, which is just super frustrating. So, the copyright laws that are in place in the United States do not apply to what's known as useful articles. So, in this case, it's clothing. And additionally, if someone wants to legally protect their individual designs, it's a really complex and very complicated feat that you have to, you know, you have to jump through so many hoops. So that's why most people and brands don't really bother to, you know, copyright claim or trademark their individual design items. And design patents are very expensive, and there are actually a lot of loopholes that can be found in violating trademark claims. So even if you have a trademark claim or you have a design patent and someone violates that, there are so many loopholes for them to actually be able to get away with it, which is very frustrating. Now, you know, if you think of 
Tiffany and Company, for example, they trademarked their color Tiffany Blue and they use this for so much of their branding and it is, it makes sense for them because it fully encompasses the Tiffany brand. A lot of times when you think of Tiffany and Company, you think of that color Tiffany Blue. So it's central to their history and the future of their brand and so they want to keep that iconic color exclusive to Tiffany and Company. So, you know, it makes sense for them to file something like that because it is something so major versus like um, Gucci, for example, filing a design patent, copyright claim, or some type of trademark for one skirt that they have for fall, winter 2021, you know? It's it's apples and oranges. It's two very different instances. And thus, unfortunately, this is how a lot of designs and styles get stolen and ripped off. It's really a shame that there are a lack of options for designers to protect their work. And like I was saying earlier, I guess fortunately it's good that we do have social media where people can easily find the evidence and you have record when something is stolen or who stole that design, or how it was stolen exactly. Um, So I guess like that's the one thing is social media can be a blessing and a curse because it can be the breeding ground for where designers can go in and steal independent artists or smaller designers work, but it can also be a place where you can hold these bigger brands or influential people accountable. All in all, I don't think that independent designers should feel should feel discouraged about putting their work out there because, you know, there is always a chance that someone could copy it, but I do think that you should never be afraid um, to put your work out there because you never know the positive impact that it could have on people and the possibilities that are at stake for you as um, a designer or an artist. And I think it's so important that designers and brands work to maintain their integrity when they design and so that, you know, they design originally. Now, I know sometimes it's challenging to come up with something new, something that's never been done before, and it's totally fine to be inspired by different things. But I think it's important to draw the line from taking inspiration from something to actually copying the idea or copying something directly. So, you know, for example, every year, for some reason, it seems like there is a new popular motif that is trendy to use in designs. One year, I feel like it was, well, way back in the day, I feel like it was owls. Owls were everywhere. And then the next couple of years, it was mustaches. And then next couple of years, it was like avocados. And now this year, I feel like it's mushrooms. So it's not copying and stealing if every or if several brands um, each have design items with mushrooms included. It's copying if the designs are done in a blatantly obvious way or a similar way. You know, if you have the exact same colors, the shape, the orientation of the mushroom are the exact same um, from one brand to another or from one 
artist to a brand, that's copying. But it's totally fine if everyone just happens to be inspired by mushrooms or everyone happens to be inspired by putting mustaches on their stuff. You know, it's not copying just because one person put a mustache on their t-shirt. It's not copying if you do the same if you're doing it in a different original way. You know what I mean? So I... I think in um, my experience in school, we did talk about this a lot, especially when I was in my illustration major, um, because we would get prompt with coming up with certain illustrations, and my professors would talk to us about the importance about having design integrity or artistic integrity, and they were asking us, you know, when do you think it's okay to copy something? And they would say, really, never. You should never copy anything unless it's for the purpose of learning. So let's say there is an artist um, who is wanting to learn how to draw or, you know, they're trying to develop their own drawing style. I think in this case, it's totally fine for them to practice um, by mimicking an artist or their particular style on their own drawings. If it's, you know, if it's one that they like, it's fine for them to do that. But you have to draw the line um, at the learning learning purposes point because it's not okay for you to then pass off those drawings and sell them and try to claim them as your own. Even I feel like it's almost not okay to post it um, or like share it with people and be like, yeah, this is my own original artwork. If you're saying like, oh, I um, mimicked or I copied this artist's style because I'm really inspired by them and I want to try to develop my own art style and, you know, they're one of my greatest inspirations. I'm trying to hone my skills. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think whenever you add in the element of trying to claim it as your own and profit off of the success of that other person's work, that's where things get really fishy. And the same goes for like fashion design or um, interior design or music or film or things like that. And I feel like with fashion, there needs to be there always needs to be some level of inspiration in order for fashion to continue. We always need to be inspired by something. And it's okay if we're inspired by past designers or other designers. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's when the idea of imitation, that part overpowers the inspiration part. That's where there really needs to be a line that's drawn. And it can be challenging to make this type of ruling be like a black or white decision because design is so objective and you know who's to say what is considered copying and what is considered inspiration but I think I think that's why it's so important for the fashion industry to realize that it needs to slow down a little bit in my opinion I feel like good design truly it, it takes time to get good design and when we want to rush into things and keep up with all of you know the rapid trend cycles and make everything super fast and instantaneous I feel like that's when 
design integrity gets compromised. And I'm not saying like we need to shift the entire fashion industry because me, um, this podcaster is just saying like, you know, the whole fashion industry is screwed up and everyone's copying everyone because everything's going too fast. I'm not saying that at all, but I do think that the rapidness, is that the word? Um, The rapid nature of the fashion industry contributes to people copying other people's designs because think of it this way, all right? Um, I've I will honestly admit I've never been in this situation, thank goodness, but I feel like it is a common stereotype for, let's say when you were in grade school or if you're currently in grade school or in college and you have a paper due the next day about, I don't know, The Great Gatsby and you haven't read the book or you didn't really understand the book and you have to write this paper and you haven't even started and it's 9 p.m. and you're tired and you just want to go to bed, like something like that. And so what do you do? You go and try to look for a paper and plagiarize it. I feel like teachers would always give examples like that. It's sort of similar, like when you're in a pinch for time and you feel like you don't have a lot of time to come up with come up with something great and original, you then tend to want to compromise. Um, And I feel like the same type of mentality can sort of um, be seen within the fashion industry. I feel like a lot of these fast fashion brands are constantly wanting to try to be on top of things and be the next best thing. And rather than really, you know, hire the right designers and work with the right designers or reach out to the right artists in an ethical way, they just skip all of that and try to do what is going to um, make them the most money and make them seem like they're the best fashion company to shop from. Um, that's just the way I see things. I'd be curious to hear what other people's opinions are because, like I said, this is a very subjective matter. It's very complex. Um, and, you know, I'm no expert at this stuff whatsoever, but this has sort of just been what I've noticed. And I know that the whole idea of like artwork and designs being copied isn't a new thing. It's been going on for decades and decades. And high-end and low-end brands are victim of doing it and it's fine if you are willing to acknowledge that you messed up um, and you do what you can to fix the issue and not do that again Um, but yeah I, I just think it's important to hold people accountable and if you are an artist or a designer and you sometimes struggle with like trying to think of something new or you're in a creative block definitely do not compromise your integrity. I've been in situations before where I'm in a creative block and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what exactly I need to design or what artwork I want to create. And I know that I never want to stoop to the level where I'm going to blatantly copy someone because I picture it like, what if someone did that to me? I would be heartbroken And I would be so upset if someone was profiting off of my own artwork. And, you know, it's fine to be inspired by other people. 
it, it's great to seek inspiration from everywhere, but you also want to make sure that you're making the work original somehow yourself. So that's all I really have to say about that. I could go on and on about it, but you know, I'd be curious to hear what your opinions are, if you've ever experienced it yourself, or you know, if you have any tips, maybe you're a designer, maybe you're an artist, um, tips for people to just trying to keep things fresh, come up with new creative ideas. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on the topic. Um, make sure you guys are following the Daydream and Listen Instagram if you're not already. It's linked in the uh, podcast description of this episode. And you can also follow my personal Instagram. Uh, the Daydream and Listen handle is at Daydream and Listen. And my personal Instagram is at Krista.camp. So definitely give me a follow on either account if you want to stay up to date on all things podcast related or on me personally. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you're following so you always get notified when a new episode comes out. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. You can also leave a rating and review, which is super, super helpful and appreciated. And yeah, if you're listening on any other platform, I really appreciate it. So I hope you guys have a wonderful, amazing rest of your day. And as always, thanks for listening. Bye guys.